seltzer that is placed in that glass of water that effervesces and bubbles over because they're filled with so much life and energy. And that's what you bring to our church, Lord God. And that's what you desire for each of us as well. That we will be effervescent Christians. And so, no, Lord God, I pray that you will be in my mouth and in my speaking. That you'll be in my mind and in my thinking this morning, oh God. That the words that I speak would be your words, not mine. Hide Carl Wellesley Gale behind the cross today. May the words that come forth from my lips, O God, be your words and your words only. And as your words declare, may your words go forth this morning to accomplish your work. And may it not return unto you void, but may it accomplish those things, Lord God, that you have sent it forth to accomplish. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this morning, as I said, I want us to look at the story involving the prophet Elisha. And this is Elisha, spelled E-L-I-S-H. There's two of them. Uh, And this story is taken from the book of 2 Kings. So if you want to turn your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, I want you to put your finger there, 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to be reading the story of Elijah and his servant and their encounter with the Syrian army. So put your finger there. So before we get into the story, I want to give you a little background about Elisha. And now Elisha took over from which prophet? Elisha. Now Elijah was taken up into heaven in what? How was Elijah taken up into heaven? And he, was, and he was burnt up, wasn't he? Wasn't he burnt up? Or no? Who else do you see in fire didn't get burnt? The three Hebrew boys was in fire, Bob, and they did not get burned. And the prophet Elijah went to heaven in these chariots of fire and didn't get burnt. I think that's cool. When Jesus comes, Ellie, this is how I want to go back to heaven. I want to get a chariot of fire. Amen. That's how I want to roll up into heaven on my chariot. I think that would be so cool. But then, when Elijah was about to be translated, Elisha, who was going to be his predecessor, asked a, a poignant question. Turn with me to 2 Kings. Chapter 2 and verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 9. He asked a question, brothers and sisters, of Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 9. And it said, so it was when they had crossed over, and this is the, the, the river Jordan that they had crossed over on the other side. Then Elijah said to Elisha, ask What may I do for you before I am taken up, taken away from you? And Elijah said, what did Elijah say? Grant me, no, uh, 
Grab me with riches and favor and prestige. No. He says what? Grant me a double portion of your spirit. You see, Elijah understood that the work that he was called to be engaged in was not a work that was going to be accomplished by his own might nor his own power, but by what? The power of the Spirit of God. I'm also reminded, there's another youngster that was placed in a situation where he was going to inherit, just like Elisha was going to be the predecessor for Elisha. Solomon was now going to be one, king of Israel. And before he became king, Solomon did something. Solomon requested of God something. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings. Just the next book beyond their sec. 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 4. Solomon was to become king. And before he became king, Solomon says, Lord, you, you're putting me in this situation. I, I, I don't know what to do. But he asks, he asks, verse 14. No, verse 4, sorry. And now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offering on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God asked, what did God ask him? What shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have chosen great mercy. You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you. In truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him. And you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, Solomon says, give to your servant what? An understanding heart or discerning heart, depending on your translation, to judge your people that I may discern between good and what? Evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor asked riches for yourself, nor have asked for life, Ask for the life of your enemies. I have asked, but I've asked for your self-understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. 
See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart, that there has not been anyone like you before you, or shall any like you arise after you. I have also given you what you have, have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. And so God gives Solomon what he asks for. James chapter 4 and verse 2 states that we have not because we what? Ask not. When Elijah was going to take over from the prophet Elijah, he asked him, Give me a double portion of your spirit. When Solomon was supposed to be turning king, he says, Lord, I'm a child. But he asked him. He asked God for something. Because God said, what, 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 what are you going to ask me for? And he asked him for a discerning art. And God gave that to him. So I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged, Sister Ellie. Because as James says, that we have not because we ask not. But I'm encouraged in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 and 8, it says that we're encouraged to ask. It says that ask and it shall be what? Given to you. Seek and you will what? Find. And the word says what? Knock and it will be open to you. For anyone who asks what? Receives. And he who seeks what? Find. And to him who knocks, it shall be what? Open. Amen. Amen. We have not because we ask none. God is just so waiting to, to give us. But now let us turn back to our story. Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. And here is Elisha. Where is Elisha living? Elisha is living in the town of Dothan. Does anybody know what Dothan, what happened in Dothan? What happened in Dothan? Turn to Genesis chapter 37 and verse. Keep your finger on second. Amen. So Dothan was the place where Joseph was sold into slavery. And this is the city that the prophet Elisha lives. So, Elijah has a new servant. The previous servant, Gehazi, if you flip back in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 20, we read the story of Gehazi. Gehazi had an encounter, well, Elijah had an encounter with Naaman, one of the king's chief captains, and he was afflicted with leprosy. He came to the prophet Elijah. The prophet Elijah told him what? Go and dip into the river Jordan how many times? Seven times and you'll be healed. The servant Gehazi figured that, I mean, we've done such a wonderful thing for him. He brought all these gifts. Even when the prophet Elijah told him that he cannot take 
things for works that God has done. He did. He was afflicted with leprosy and he died. So the prophet Elijah now has a new servant. Now this servant, I don't think, was acquainted much with the prophet Elijah's God, Yahweh. But he's about to find out. He's about to find out. About this wonderful God. Let's turn. Second Kings chapter 6. And we're going to start reading from verse 8. It says. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he took counsel with his servants saying. My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying. Beware that you do not pass this place. For the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place to which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. He says, therefore now the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servant and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He's beside himself. They're, they're planning to, 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 um, to, to invade Israel and every trap that they set, it seemed to be foiled. How is it that Israel is getting knowledge of our information? There must be a traitor that's on the inside. And one of the servants said, no, none, none my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in what? Israel. Tells the king of Israel the words that you speak where? In your bedroom. That is the type of God that we serve. And he tells no. He gives that information to Elijah. Elijah passes it on to the king of Israel. And he's able now to maneuver himself. But the story continues. It says... So he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. They want to get Elisha now. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in where? He is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army. Can you imagine? He's sending an army for one man. One man. And the story continues, says that when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? The city of Dothan is surrounded by the Syrian army. Servant wakes up early in the morning, kind of wipes his eyes, went outside probably to gather some water, some wood. And when he looks, oh my gosh, we are surrounded by the Syrian army. He runs inside now. He sees Elijah. Says, Elijah, we are surrounded by the Syrian army. But what did Elijah do? Did Elijah say, oh my God, what are we going to do? It says, alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elijah answered, 
What did Elijah say? Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. I'm reminded of the song. I like this song. It says, there is no problem too big that God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall that God cannot move it. There is no storm, brothers and sisters, too dark that God cannot calm it. There is no sorrow too deep that he cannot soothe it. For if God, and this is Elijah, omnipotent God, if he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, I know, my brothers and sisters, that he will carry you. I'm encouraged by the song, song number 477 in your hymnal. It says, come ye disconsolate, wherever you, you are in languish, come to the mercy seat, fervently kneel. Here bring your wounded hearts, here tell your anguish, hurt as no sorrow that earth, that heaven cannot heal. We continue with the story. Elijah says, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than they that, that are with them. And the word says that Elijah went, prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was filled was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Imagine with me in your mind's eye. Elijah prayed, Lord. I, and I'm, I, when I read the story, I'm saying, did Elijah actually see this before his servant? That when he said, open his eyes, Lord, and he probably just wiped the scales off. And when he looked outside, because when he went inside and said, Elijah, listen, it's only you and I. And when Elijah said, listen, they that are with us is more than they that are with them. I can imagine the servant saying, I don't know what Elijah drank last night, but he's, he's not doing well this morning. Because I'm counting, I see Elijah, and there is me, and there is a legion of, of people on the outside. And Elijah is saying, listen, man, they that are with us, you know, is more than they that with them. And, and, and he didn't see. And so Elijah prayed, and the servant saw. Hey, listen, sometimes when I find myself in situations, you know, I said, Lord, I, I know you have legions of angels that you have just placed charge over me. I can't see it, but in the spiritual realm, that's what's happening there. But the word says that Elijah prayed, and that's where our power comes from. That's where our power comes from. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, sorry, chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. It says that the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. 
casting down arguments and every eye thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. When Elijah could pray and the scale from the the servant eyes is gone. Listen, I'm reminded of the song, hymn number 499. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptation? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The story of Elijah and his servant. No name is given to the servant. But this poor lad runs into Elijah to break the news. And with fear and intrepidation he asks the prophet, what shall we do? You see, fear... I looked up the word fear, and the dictionary gives this definition. It says, fear is a feeling induced by perceived danger or threat that occurs in certain types of organism, which causes a change in metabolic and organ function, and ultimately a change in behavior, such as fleeing, hiding, or freezing from perceived Traumatic events. What are you afraid of? I know my wife is afraid of spiders. and Most ladies are afraid of rats. What is it that you are fearful of? Snakes. Snake is one of the big ones. I think everybody is afraid of snakes. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us that for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My my mother-in-law typically likes to sing this song. She says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will still thy pilot be. Never mind these tossing billows. Take my hand and trust in me. Often when my soul is weary and the day seems oh so long, I just look up to my pilot and I hear his blessed song. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will still thy pilot be. Never mind the tossing below. Take my hand and trust in me. 
Listen, the word of God says that greater is he that is in you than he that is what? In the world. There's a similar story that's also recorded in the book of Chronicles. And we don't, turn to Chronicles chapter 32 real quick for me. And this is going to be Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. So just after the book of Kings, Second Chronicles chapter 32. Verses 7 through 8. And this is with the king Ezekiah. And they were going to be invaded by the Assyrian army. And then he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismay before the king of Assyria nor before all the multitude that is with them. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our what? Battles. And the people were threatened by the words of Ezekiah, king of Israel. Listen. As children of God, as I come to a close, we are all going to be faced with difficulties and challenges in our lives. Because the word says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a spiritual battle. And God says that what I am with you. John chapter 14. Turn there with me real quick. John chapter 14, verses 1. Everybody knows this one. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. It says that, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in whom? In my father's house are what many mansions. If it were not so, I would have what? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again and receive you to myself that where I what? Am there ye may be also. And so God says that let not your heart be what? Troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. God is saying, I got your back. You don't have to worry about the faces. Don't worry about them. I reminded of Jeremiah. And when I did my study this week, I just found so many stories of people who were afraid. Jeremiah chapter 1, poor little Jeremiah. God was calling him to go to the children of Israel to tell them about their sins. Jeremiah chapter 1. 1 and verse 4, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I what? Knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Listen, God knows each and every one of us here by name and nature. Listen, 
God cares so much about us. He desires so much good of us. And he's saying that when you go through your trials, and trials that we will go through, he's saying that, listen, I am with you. My last text is going to be found in Romans chapter 8. Well, second to last text is found in Romans chapter 8. And verse 31 through 32. The Apostle Paul says that what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely what? Give us all. All things. God is not holding back anything from us. All he's saying is that trust me 100%. Not 90%, not 80, 100. And God says that you're going to be okay. Just trust God. And my prayer for you this morning is revealed in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 18. The Lord counsels you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that ye may be rich, and white raiment, so that ye may be clothed. And white raiment, so that ye may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And I solve. To anoint your eyes so that you may see. May we see that God is always with us and that we are never alone. Every scar has a story. This is by Christina De Carlo. Every scar has a story. What will mine tell? What will come of this when I am better, when I am well? I want my scar to tell of how I have overcome, of how I made it through, of where I have come from. I want my scar to whisper about the the pain I faced, about this very hard time, about the marathon I raced. But mostly I want my scar To speak of something greater. I wanted to shout about my living creator. Let my scar be evidence. That there is a loving Lord. Who fought my scary battles. And on whose wings I soared. Let my scar proclaim that all things work for good. That by myself I couldn't. But with God I could. Let them take a look. Let them peek and see. My scar shows God is great. My scar shows that God is mighty and powerful. And it points to him and not me. This morning my hope and my prayer 
is that God will open our eyes, that we will see that he's always with us. He never leaves or forsakes us. Our closing hymn this morning comes to us from hymn number 99. God will take care of you. church say amen let's pray father god we just want to thank you for this timely reminder that you are god and that you are god alone 
And whatever the enemy devises, Lord God, as Isaiah 59 and verse 19 tells us that when the enemy comes in like a flood, and that it did in Elijah's time, Lord God, as he was surrounded by the armies of the Syrian, the word of God says that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy. Thank you, God, for the, the working of your power in the lives of your prophet. And I pray, Lord God, that same power that worked in the life of Elijah will work in the lives of your children today. That we will be like Elijah. That we'll be like Solomon. And, and we'll be like Jeremiah, Lord God. That we will ask of you. That you will fill us with a double portion of your spirit today. Because the work that you have asked us to do, O oh God, is not by might nor by power. But by your spirit, Lord God. And so today I pray for a double portion of your spirit to be poured out on your church today. Maybe, may we, oh God, be filled now. May we be filled with overflowing, Lord God. May we love each other. May we be gentle with each other. And oh God, come soon. Come soon, God. Come soon, Heavenly Father, because the world that we're living now in, Lord God, it's, it's not a nice place anymore. But help us, O oh God, to be your mouthpiece, O oh God, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and his love and ultimately his return. We thank you now and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.